The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. All right, let's get to Eddie. Uh, Eddie Lowe is CIO at Maybank Group Wealth Management. Eddie, these are turbulent times, uh, and it's very hard to find reasons to be bullish, uh, particularly in in China, in Europe, and in the United States. Um, you've got an inverted yield curve. You've got uh, an economy that looks like it is progressing toward recession, a very aggressive Federal Reserve. And uh, to the extent that inflation is starting to slow, there's no indications that it will race to the downside. And I uh, was just looking over these, these um, comments by Scott Minard. Uh, I thought we could start off by this because he's actually saying that, uh, and this is sort of loosely citing this rule of 20 where you have markets fairly valued when you have the inflation rate plus the P.E. equaling 20. And we're much above that right now. Um, <laughs> do you do you see the possibility? I mean, he's saying you'll see a 20 percent fall in the S&P 500 by sometime mm -hmm. in October. Your outlook. Right. I, I think uh, you're right in the sense that uh, I think the uncertain micro backdrop definitely warrants a defensive stance in asset allocation. Uh, you know, we have held the view that the market was really premature to price in an elephant when it rallied in July and early August. And so that view was uh, reinforced by uh, Powell's very hawkish speech uh, at the Jackson Hole. Now, moving forward, having said that, I think the expectations are now more reasonably priced now, uh, although we are not expecting any positive surprise uh, from on the rates expectation. But I think what is going to be dragging the market is really on growth expectations, especially for corporate earnings. So the debate now is really uh, on whether it's going to be a shallow kind of decline or is it going to be a deeper time of decline. And so I think at this juncture, we are still on more on the shallow camp. So the 20%, I think it's more, uh, will likely more occur should we get a deeper than expected uh, growth decline and recession. What does it mean for the dollar, the dollar strength and how that flows through into Asia when you're continuing to see these outflows and that's seeing indexes around more than two year lows? Right. I, I think the dollar index uh, really surprised us, actually. Uh, uh, it looks a little bit overbought in the near term, uh, although, you know, given the Fed hawkish stance is likely to support the dollar. Uh, in the foreseeable future. And historically, a stronger dollar has uh, worked against uh, Asian markets. So I think that's going to be uh, put a dampener uh, on Asian uh, risk asset performance as well. But having said that, uh, we did see more resilience coming out from Southeast Asia economies this year, uh, especially for Indonesian equities, uh, given the fact that I think uh, the country is actually benefiting from uh, robust commodity exports as well as uh, consumption activities. Uh, but overall, we do believe that uh, the dollar should soften um, perhaps towards the year end as the US economy growth uh, becomes more pronounced 
and at the same time, the yield differential between U.S. and the other uh, global economies narrow. I wanted to bring up uh, China markets and uh, something we've seen of late, which I think has to be, uh, in a sense, a negative for Hong Kong and China stocks, that you've had these legendary bets getting unwound. NASPER mm-hmm. is selling down its early 10 cent stake, SoftBank mm-hmm. unloading Alibaba, and Warren Buffett selling mm-hmm. BYD. What do you read into that? Well, I mean, as in like uh, different investors sell their, or you know, pile out their stock or stakes for different reasons. But you know, the the names that you mentioned, they have held the stakes for a long time. Um, so they may be just looking at their portfolio, doing some readjustments, you know, and 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 uh, and and taking some profit off the table, as we speak. But for China, we currently still hold a neutral stance on Chinese equities. You know, mm. uh, we knew we know that you know, but market valuation is very um, is is inexpensive, given the sell off that we've witnessed over the past twelve to eighteen months. But having said that, um, the growth uncertainties, especially with that very stringent zero COVID policy in place, uh, that's going to put uh, a lid on the upside, and therefore we, we we do expect you know markets to remain pretty choppy. Not only that, but I mean, it's fair to say that President Xi Jinping is tightening mm-hmm. the government's grip on the private sector, and that doesn't bode mm-hmm. well for stocks. Well, yes, I mean, the regulatory tightening that started, uh, you know, since last year, uh, that is definitely, uh, you know, putting a lid on the growth uh, rates, especially for the new economy stocks, uh, the giants, uh, the tech giants, as we speak. No, but having said that, uh, we are actually seeing reducing uh, intensity of regulatory tightening. It's not going to go away, but the, the companies, the private companies are just going to have to adapt and live with this uh, new regulatory regime, right? Uh, and I, I, we do believe that the innovation capabilities of these companies are still there. And I don't think the government is really out there to kill it, given the, especially given, given the fact that uh, these companies are increasingly uh, becoming an important uh, component of the economy. And they do employ quite a fair, fair bit of people. And, and we have already heard news that, you know, the likes of Tencent and Baba looking to cut uh, jobs. So. You know, doing overkilling it, I think that's going to create unemployment issues, which I think the government wants to avoid. We've been talking about your thoughts there on uh, on China. I want to get your thoughts in terms of what you're seeing in the Japanese equity picture when you've got the yen at this 1998 level and, uh, of course, more speculation that you could see some intervention here. Right. I think the Japanese stock market, if you look at the Nikkei 225, they have actually held up a little bit better than expected uh, compared to the likes of uh, S&P 500 and as well as, you know, the European markets. But if we take into account of the currency uh, in dollar terms, they uh, obviously Japanese equities have not done well, given the fact that, uh, you know, yen has retreated to a 24-year high uh, against the dollar. I think we are now looking at above the 140 uh, uh, level. Uh, the problem, I guess, uh, with uh, the yen, you know, or Japan is, is that the BOJ uh, has been, you know, very dovish and they do not really have, the bank central bank does not really have an urgency to tighten monetary policies like the Fed or the ECB because of the fact that inflation is still pretty benign in Japan. And I think the the talk is that the talks are that you know uh, the BOJ is likely unlikely to move uh, really until uh, Kuroda, uh, the central bank uh, governor Kuroda steps down 
uh, early next year. So I, I think that yield differential is still going to keep uh, yen weak uh, for the time being. Uh, yeah. And that's going to, you know, uh, affect the, the, the performance of the, the currency. Having said that, you know, well, um, a weaker yen bodes well for Japanese exporters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's within their power to make a change if they want, not by intervention, but just ditch YCC. You know, these yield curve control is keeping those yields low. If those yields go up, the yen yeah. will strengthen, right? So, I mean, they, they can't really complain too much. This is their own policy decision. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but I, I think I think it's just as I mentioned, you know, they they there is there seems to be this reluctance really to to do any major changes at this juncture, and and because of the fact that inflation is really still quite uh, I would say benign uh, within Japan compared to the other major economies, so there is really no urgency for them to do so. Uh, Indonesia, an outperformer at these records. How much further upside do you see there? Right, I think Indonesia is one of the few markets that we are positive on since the beginning of this this year, uh, and we are glad that has, uh, the call has turned out pretty okay for us. Um, if we look at the economy, um, yes, as I mentioned, commodities. I think that has been a key driver. Um, maybe some of the tailwinds are fading, but on top of that, we still have that you know consumption uh, activities being boosted by reopening, and of, and of course, uh, tourists are actually going back to Indonesia as we speak, uh, as the country reopens uh, their borders, right? So, so we do believe that the market performance uh, will still be supported uh, in the near term by these uh, robust macro conditions. Um, there is some uptick in inflation. Uh, the BI has actually taken a step to tighten monetary policies, but not too aggressively yet to kill growth. At the same time, valuation is still pretty uh, inexpensive. So I think there's still a pretty good risk reward as we speak. Eddie, am I too overly confident if I just say, never mind what the Fed says, I'll just watch real rates. If inflation comes down, you know, to around 4% and, and the Fed funds rate is above that, we got negative rates on long stocks. Well, I think rates is definitely something that has a very significant impact on the market. Uh, you know, when we look at the beginning of the year, uh, uh, um, when we look at um, how the Fed fund futures are pricing in Fed fund uh, Fed fund rates, they are uh, they are looking at below one percent right now. It's actually risen to more than I think it's about three point five percent as we speak. Eddie Lowe, CIO at Maybank Group Wealth Management. We're going to have to leave it there. Thank you as always. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.